House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. Welcome back into the House of Mystery, and I'm Al Warren, and Mr. Michael Hawley is on the other side of the country. Yes, that's right, Al. We've, we've got the... Uh, uh, one and only uh, Damon Manx from Last Waltz Publishing. Thanks for being here, Damon. Hey, thanks for having me. How are you guys doing today? This Great. Is, yeah. And uh, we've got one of your new uh, new guys in here. We're going to break in a new guy for you. Just got a new book out. It's called Down by the River Wall Walk. Oh, I can say that. And uh, the guest, that's Mr. Matt Scott. So thanks for being here, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, so here we go. So, um, Damon, so when you when you start with a new um, an author, do you have a particular thing you look for uh, in a book? I have a, I have a particular thing that I'm not looking for, definitely, um, which is the same old thing. I I'm looking to be surprised. I'm looking for tight prose. I'm looking for uh, a creative idea that I could sit down and read and be entertained by it. You know, I think every author is unique and different. And if I can sit down and enjoy the story myself, um, then I'm I'm sold. Yeah. Hmm. So it doesn't matter, um, in a way, how, let's say, how well they write, per, per se, but it's more about maybe the idea or the story they give you. Yeah, I think think it it definitely stems from story and and idea. Uh, you know, I mean, are there any really truly original ideas out in the world? You know, uh, maybe they come along every now and then. But I think the way that you tell it and you know everybody's personal take on how they present their story is what makes it um, fresh and exciting. And you know, the, the ghost story. You know, we. We've heard it a million times, but, you know, still you get ghost stories that are like, wow you and, and uh, knock you off your feet. Um, you know, and that, that's what uh, Matt has the ability to do. He presents these interesting situational stories um, that, that are creepy and mood setting and, and the endings always kind of like hit you like, uh, oh, oh, I don't know, you know, like. Your feeling, your your emotions are still resonating after you finish the story. Huh. Does, does that ever worry you if you um, sit down with an author and they they they've got this really creepy story and they know where you live? <laughs> <laughs> I don't let them know where I live. So. <laughs> Give them a- That's the beauty of the internet and working through remote. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can always just get, give him Mike's address. I'll I'll text, I'll text it to you later. And, of course, no problem. You know, and they they can head out there. No, it's really it's really interesting. But you you are into this. Um, I don't know if you want to call yourself horror or or suspense or how you want to classify yourself. But you're really into kind of a darker a darker story, if I'm right. I. Yeah, is that? I guess that's accurate. I, I'm into um, the the darker stories uh, and and something that brings out emotion. 
Yeah, All kinds of emotion or just like fear <laughs> and anger? Well, no, actually, I, I, I like fear and I like unsettling. But, you know, I also like to, you know, tug at the heartstrings. You know, I, okay. I'm not, um, I'm certainly not the, the goriest writer, not the scariest writer. But, you know, I do like to leave the audience, you know, feeling some kind of emotion. Even, you know, I, I have stories that, that, the occasional story that has a happy ending or one that says, oh, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. I was crying because you, you did that to that character, you know. So I, I, an emotional response doesn't have to be in, in the negative sense, you know. Preferably not in a negative sense, you know, preferably in a... Yeah. Mm, well, you know, there's, there, you know, emotion. Jeff Oliver and all that, like when this stuff, there, there's kind of a, a, a certain beauty in the darkness in a way, right? It's, it's just about making people aware of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, something that, you know, because we all have, we all have that part of us, you know, you can't have light without dark. So we all have... Uh, positive emotions we all have negative emotions and if you can touch into that and relate it you know help other people relate to the way you're feeling um because certainly a lot of my negative emotions are transcended onto the page and i hope that you know gives people a little inside view of what's going on in my head or heart do you add do you add levity too to kind of get that roller coaster of emotions yeah, I do. There's a lot of humor, um, tongue-in-cheek little uh, little sentences in between, little uh, metaphors that maybe don't go quite, you know, and not the average metaphor. Um, something, you know, I, I think I have one, the, the road twisted up the mountain like a crooked politician. <laughs> <laughs> perfect timing, you know, uh, perfect timing. <laughs> right, exactly. So, yeah, I do like levity, yeah. Yeah. There has to be a timing to it, right? Um, it, or it might not work, especially in a dark story. You have to watch where you put that humor, right, and what place it goes into. Yeah, no, their timing is everything in in a, probably in all genres of writing, unless, of course, you're writing the um, comedy to, you know, straight-up comedy. But in the horror field or in suspense, yeah, well-placed. Well-placed prose, well-placed metaphors, yeah, the, the comedy can't be overt, uh, you know, just little flavor, like seasoning in the sauce. Ooh. Yeah, making my nipples hard. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, so, Matt, I have to wonder, um, this is your first book, I believe, correct? Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, my first collection. So what about writing and or what perhaps happened in your life that made you decide that you're going to go ahead and, and write and get it out there in the world? Oh, I don't know if there was a moment. Um, that I was in grade school. I remember like third or fourth grade and I would copy and songs down off the radio on, you know, pen and paper and go into um, the classroom selling them uh, for a nickel. <laughs> oh, song. entrepreneur too. Um, and I was so I was always writing stuff down. Um, Saturday morning cartoons. I would watch one and then write the next one. You know, for next week. I mean that there's a lot of people that'll do that, but to actually uh, sit there as yourself and kind of go, 
well, I can do this and put it out, you know, and people will buy it. This is, I'm going to make a, you know, do this for a job. Oh, when I, when I got serious about yeah. it, uh, honestly, 10 years ago. Yeah. 10 years ago is when I, I honestly started sending stuff out. Um, just doing the work, honestly, you know, really, really put myself into it. So what about you, um, makes you write these, uh, darker stories? I write about what scares me and what scares me is not having control and how you react in situations. I like Bob was saying, uh, um, there's darkness everywhere. I mean, I get a lot of my ideas from the news and (laughs) unfortunately sometimes it's more local than I want it to be. But, um, but yeah, it's how people react in these exaggerated situations that, that I can come up with that, that I really like. And yeah, the endings are usually dark because endings usually are. So do people run out and buy all the toilet paper in your stories? <laughs> they don't have, no, by the time, by the time we get to my people, they should, oh my. it's already hit the fan. It, 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 yeah, it, it's oh. done. They're just trying to yeah, deal. It's too late to get toilet paper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, there we have it. I know that one. Um, so it, how do you start your stories? Like these are short stories you were saying. So if this, if this like, uh, do you start with some sort of a question? Do you like have a question of something and then you kind of run with it? Or do you start with a character? I usually start with, with the character, honestly. Just somebody that popped into my head. A line that somebody, that somebody, someone said throughout the day, and I can build on it and, and picture a person around it, and, and then just make the scene around him or her. So when you create that character, do you kind of, um, do you picture them in your mind, and do you actually, does it become like a real person, and you start hearing voices? I I try to put them down on paper as much as I can, and then the following day while I'm at work, I'll I'll have some conversations with them, you know, while I'm going about my right. business. Uh, do you ever, do you ever wake up in the in the morning and find mud on your shoes? And... <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, thank God. I, uh... Maybe a shovel. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm just asking because this could be interesting. Do you actually want someone to get something out of your story, other or is it just entertainment? The short stories, I would say, are entertainment. I mean, they're kind of apocalyptic, um, dire. Um, the the projects I have in the pipeline, you know, coming up um, are. What's a lot more meaning, meaning to them, you know, a, a better message. I guess I'll have a more positive spin to them. Oh, the people actually live then. Well, the longer it worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you fear about the end of the world sort of thing? Is that kind of a. No, again, I, I don't fear the inevitable. I only worry about how other people are going to take it. So, so in in essence, what what would you say um, the, the, your stories are about in this book? Um, how many how many do you have in the book? Well, there's fourteen. Fourteen, and yeah. what what what's kind of your favorite story in it? I think the lake. I, I really enjoyed writing it. it. It's actually one of the longer ones in it. Um, more detail, a really kind of more of a more of a developed arc in that one more fleshed out that's my favorite 
And, and what happens in the basic story? What's the basic premise of that story? Um, a grandfather is taking his son fishing to his favorite pond. That's uh, wintertime. Uh, it's just muddy and, and dank looking. Um, anyway, they find a body in the lake. And um, throughout the waiting on the police to get there out in the country, throughout the time they wait on that, um, the grandfather calls his time in Vietnam and something bad that happened there. And so the story jumps around between the two timelines. Well, it's an interesting idea. You know, it's um, so does he eat the kid? <laughs> no, the, no not, not, not that one anyway. Oh, oh, there is one like that. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, Damon, what are you doing? <laughs> well, they just kind of find it. I don't know. <laughs> I guess so. It would almost it would almost be a comedy of errors, like a worst case scenario kind of thing, um, if it weren't for a little bit of humor thrown in every once in a while. With you guys both, I wonder do you um, do you worry about being sort of politically correct, and or about um, upsetting or what they call triggering an audience? So like, what do you think, Damon? Do you? You know, that's interesting. So I. Uh, I- it, now, it depends on the story because uh, at one point, you know, I wanted to really write about a certain issue. I wanted to write about um, marginalization, and I, I saw uh, – we, we spoke about this before. You know, I was in prison, and I was watching um, the majority of people in there really marginalize the guys in there who were homosexual and had different – sexual orientations than them and i found this so you know appalling that i wanted to write about it in a horror genre so you know being um i I wanted you know i wanted to point light at racism and bigotry and homophobia and i did it in a story called abigail um and i think i did it pretty well um if I do say so myself, I'll try to be humble here, you know. But, um, and, you know, at other times, though, you know, I have other books where, you know, it takes place in 1979, and the guy is a complete dick uh, bigot, you know, and the words that come out of his mouth are not politically correct. But to be true to that time period and to be true to that character that I'm writing, I can't water it down, you know, and... And, you know, I'm not going to be overt, and I'm, you know, they're certainly not my feelings, but, you know, certain characters behave certain ways. And I think if we, you know, if we water it down or we ban a book today, you know, we're we're burning it tomorrow. Yeah. So, you know. I, yeah, well, in order that, I think it, it makes the character not believable, right? You, you kind of get into that area where you kind of make them, not sound very real. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can't do that. Or or you're nobody, you know, you're going to have a one-dimensional character and your book's going to fall flat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Karens will buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, edition one. <laughs> you know. And so, so, Matt, what's your opinion on that? Like, do you... Um, do you just write what you feel and you don't really care what people think or how do you, how do you approach it? I, I approach it. Yeah. I let the characters, um, 
be as real as they can. I mean, if it if it's something that will come out of their mouth as despicable or racist or horrible as it is, uh, they're going to let it fly. But again, like Rob, it doesn't necessarily like what I you know anything about me. It's just you know real for them, and try to make it as as authentic as it is, not just like a you know middle aged white guy. A series of short stories. You're now dealing with tons of characters throughout that. You know, because uh, so many short stories. Uh, do you enjoy that having so many characters and just having short stories? I do. I what I've gotten into the last couple right writing so many of these um i'm starting to to piece together some some worlds for them, you know some spinoffs and and tying them together and uh kind of world building and and i'm getting really excited oh so then you, you so you have spinoffs on like larger novels of just one yeah and i'm not even talking about novels necessarily um just um one character will transition into another story, and you know, I, I just I can peel off from all of that um, from the short story perspective, and, and I really like it. You don't, you never get writer's block. <laughs> no, I, I I was just talking to Rob the other day about it. I jump around so much um, when I'm actually sitting down writing. Um, have two or three different things working, note different notes in front of me. If I I don't know how good it is, but um, yeah, if I hit a wall somewhere, I'll jump to the next one and write a few pages. So who's the boss? You or the characters? Oh, they are. They're annoying. They're, they're relentless, and I love and hate every one of them. Do you find they talk to you when you drive? Oh, everywhere. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, I've gone to work. And this is this is not for any law enforcement out there, but I've gone to work sometimes not even remembering if any of those lights were green. So? <laughs> yeah, pulled into the parking lot. It's like, hey. I think I just got the story, but I hope everybody's okay. You don't have any weapons, and you say, oh, did I shoot them up, or you didn't do that <laughs> No, no, this was all just vehicle. Yeah, no, no body in the trunk when you get home. No. Wow. Um, do you have a favorite character? Uh, one that I'm working on right now is becoming my new favorite. It's kind of a cross between Deadpool and Scooby-Doo. So what is it about a certain character that becomes a favorite? Is it because they have a lot of characteristics that you'd like to have yourself or maybe that you already have uh the, i think sark realism for me and i don't mean that i mean um they know who they are um so yeah that's that that's appealing to that type of character is there any time you get a character that you end up not liking uh well none of them well only a few of them uh get to go on to other stories. So, so you kill them off then. <laughs> it's kind of a one-off for, for a lot of yeah. <laughs> Have you ever used a character from someone you know? Oh, most of them based off of people I know. So, so. <laughs> in, in, in one way or another, yeah. So, so who do you use for the bad ones that you want to hurt? <laughs> uh, people no longer in the picture. You're gonna give us to be, to give us a, some names. On the safe side. Give us some names. So we'll <laughs> write this oh, down not, and uh, not even go. Oh there. come on! Like I've got Facebook open. We can see who they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, well, where do you think the ideas come from for you? Uh, like I said, I, I really get a lot of them. Um, 
from from current events, things that are happening, and then I'll just exaggerate it and throw some stuff. Hmm. It's interesting. Wow. So, um, Damon, what else have you got coming out with Last Waltz? Now, you you you're doing something with uh, James G. Carlson, aren't you? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, James and I just had our release of Hacked in Two, which is uh, two novellas and one book. It's, it came out under his publishing company, uh, Gloomhouse Publishing. He has a story in it called Red Falls, which is about a couple that goes, uh, they hear about a wine festival and they take off into the backwoods of Pennsylvania. And when they get there, this is nothing short of uh, deliverance banjo country. And it just gets weirder and weirder as they go. They meet up with some other, you know, very, very modern, woke people who just happen to be there for this non-existent wine festival. Um, and the mayor is the owner of the bar, and he's also the owner of the hotel. And it gets really weird really quick. James did a really great job. Mm. On this is story. that based on a real um, town, or is that? It's... It, it, James actually based that story on an experience he had going to a wine festival in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. so well, I don't know how 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 you know where the imagination took over, and I, I'm going to draw the line and say I'm pretty sure I know where what isn't real, but uh, you know I think a lot of it is based on what really happened. Darn it! Uh, it sounded like a town for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, maybe not. Yeah, so I wrote a story for that called Deacon, which starts out as a, a zombie apocalyptic story. You know, you, you, we come up on two brothers who were actually kind of backwoodsy brothers themselves, and they're taking advantage of the people who are left living in this uh, apocalyptic zombie atmosphere. Um, and in steps a guy named Deacon who is dressed as a, a deacon with the collar for the Catholic Church. And he carries a spear gun, and he takes out uh, these bad guys in this world in a vigilante-style fashion, and he's the savior of this um, dystopian world. And after that, we cut to a scene where a beta reader is reading the story that the reader has just read, and he goes to the author and says, you know, Damon, I, I don't know why you're writing stuff like this. This is totally out of your wheelhouse. You know, you've written piece by piece. You've written Abigail. You know, or did you fall off the wagon? I mean, what's going on with you? So we take it from there, and this is a story. This is a juxtaposition of two stories, uh, the, the Deacon story unfolding and the Damon Mag story unfolding at the same time as an author is struggling with a story that brings up his own demons. And at some point, fiction and reality cross over. Um, this story, like, affected me on a major level because a lot of my own demons got put on the paper. Hmm. So, so did, did, when you did that, is that... Is that kind of primarily more for your own growth or let's say your own sort of therapy in a way or working through things? Or did you want 
something from your readers? You know what? I, I was going for, you know what? I mean, honestly, do I don't even know because like I, I wrote that opening scene with the zombies damn near a year ago. And I didn't know where this story was going to go. Like I, I was with an old publishing company. I took the story back. I left them. I opened last waltz and I didn't know, you know, what to do. And then James came to me about the idea of the book. And for me, a story happens when it's the convergence of two ideas. You know, one, one small idea doesn't usually do it. And then I started thinking, like, well, you know, what if, what if I put myself into this? And I started going with it. And, and some of it was factual. Some of it was, you know, I played with the truth a little bit. Um, and I, I don't think it, it ended up being therapeutic for me. Actually, it kind of bothered me a little more than uh, yeah than it did. It gave me like a real mind. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, and that's kind of what I wanted to bring out like in the reader. Like I wanted them to really think about that line between the fiction of a story and the reality of the story taking place as you're reading it and the relationship between the author and the reader. Well, it's kind of appropriate nowadays because nowadays, you, especially in politics, facts aren't really facts now. Is that how that works? <laughs> so. Yeah, you know, well, I, I remember somebody asking me, you know, well, why can't we just have, you know, the news or a politician say the truth? And I made the mistake of saying, you know, well, which, which version of the truth do you want to hear? <laughs> And they're like, no, you know, because you're getting it wrong. The truth is the truth, you know. There is no version of the truth. The There is truth. And you can go to the left of that truth. You can go to the right of that truth. But truth is truth. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I'll be damned if I know what it is. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. <laughs> oh, you know, uh, but, you know, it has to be therapeutic in a little bit, because even when things bother you or they get in under your skin and you're all really screwed up from it kind of thing, um, just thinking about it and working through it, in a sense, you come out of it, like, because you've come out of this book and, and, well, I don't know, maybe there's some bodies in your house, but you come out of this book uh, probably better than you went into it, right? Yeah, well, you know what I, I did bring up? Some real demons of mine. I, I brought up my battle with heroin, um, which I uh, 10 years clean in October. I uh, brought up the time I went into prison. I brought up my divorce. Um, and I brought up, you know, the, the struggle of, of that an author who chooses sobriety walks on a day-to-day basis. So there's that, that going on in the page. Um, I had fun with it, too. But, uh, yeah, so, you know what, in the end, I want to say it's good to look at yourself and, uh, and, and re-examine the things that have formed you, you know, or, or deformed you at, at times. Mm. Um, and that happened, you know. So, but, you know, it was – it was a bit of a white knuckle experience as it was going, but now that that book is out, like 
I feel really good, and I'm really proud of what we did. So it was good. Yeah, so it was worth it. I mean, I, I always hear that it's kind of almost like uh, I haven't had that issue of, of alcohol or, or drug dependency. But people I, that I know that have always kind of describe it as a, it's almost like a um, a demon that stays with you for your whole life, and you've got to keep it at bay. So it's pretty intense. Yeah, it definitely is. I think as you know, as you build up more tools for battling that demon, and your resolve gets stronger on a day to day, the the fight isn't as uh, vigilant um, as it it was in the beginning. But you know, it's the fight that could easily go either way if you were to allow it. You know, when you do something like that in a story like this, are you one of the characters? Do you put yourself as one of the main characters then? Well, Damon Manx is actually is it the real the the main character? Is it the real Damon? Story. Oh wow! <laughs> well, is you know that that's actually you know the Damon Deacon Dylan. There's a lot of guys in this story that you know, could be the real Damon. Um, the, the, that question is answered at the end of the story, um, more or less. But, uh, yeah, Hacked in Two by Gloomhouse Publishing, available <laughs> at Amazon.com and Godless.com. How is that going? How's the Godless thing going? Um, right now I have two short stories that I just put out on Godless and the dead girl is uh, number two in new release bestsellers right now. And the devil's well is I think like number six on the bestseller list. And if anybody wants a free story, the dead girl is available free right now at godless.com. Oh, well get, get on that. Michael, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm there. Yeah, I will be. Yeah, it's a nice little short story. And, like uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, you go download it. They're all, you know, Godless is in uh, digital format. You uh, you go there and you put in your information, and they give you the PDF, the Mobi, and the EPUB version of whichever titles you choose. And it's a real convenient and it's a real happening site. You know, I, I think they're doing a great thing. Um, for the indie uh, community, and and they'll they'll be growing. I think you know next year. It's I, I can't even imagine how much uh, bigger they're going to get, but they're just going to continue to grow and and expand their repertoire of authors and publishing companies that they work with. Great. Do you have to be Satanist to join, or? <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, you know there's. <laughs> there you go. It helps. <laughs> Um, no, I just are you still getting any sort of backlash with that sort of thing, or do you hear any sort of if that is that dying down? You know, that was like a one one hit wonder. time, one hit wonder kind of thing. You know, and and people, you know, are just you know un, until you're un, un how do I say it? You know, there's topics that we are all ignorant about and that we don't know until we investigate and find out. So, you know, somebody might have said something prior to investigation and that got me a little raised by hackles. But, uh, yeah, it was nothing. And, um, you know, just because something is named godless 
that it has nothing to do in a religious connotation. Well, it should be. All hate mail. <laughs> well, it's more so like taking, you know, power away from giant entities such as Amazon. So now, you know, indie authors are selling their material on their own through a different platform without Ma Bell or Amazon.com taking the vast majority of their royalties. Right. You know, yeah, so, I mean, that, so we are godless. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing, you know, in a sense. I think that, uh, I think it's a positive thing, you know, at the end of the day. People, it's it's hard to make a living at writing anyway, so I think that uh, the more you can get out of it, the better. Yeah, absolutely. And and so, what else is on the burner for you, or is that kind of it right now, or you you got some more things in the in the cooker? Yeah, um, and at the the risk of, I'm not going to vague book, but you know, <laughs> I can talk about this, but I can't really talk about this. Um, okay, I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I'm not that tough guy. So <laughs> I I have a uh, a spot in an upcoming anthology. Um, I can't tell you the anthology, <laughs> but it's going to be uh, a. It's a really you know there's some really good big names in this anthology, and I'm really honored to be a part of it. And we should be looking closer to a reveal on this towards. Uh, September, October sometime, and I am currently working with an agent out of New York City on a uh, proposal for a nonfiction book about uh, my addiction, my time in prison, and the man I met while I was there who helped me turn my life around. And um, I'm feeling really good about this, but I'm finding out, like, what goes into a non-fiction book proposal, and I've, I've literally been working on this for six months, and I hear that's nothing. <laughs> you know, I hear it could take it could take another year and a half before we get something. Yeah. But but that's you know that's a real positive thing, and the guy I'm working with is he he represents some some very big names, and uh, so that could be uh, tra- you could transition from fiction to non-fiction, and the there was receptivity there then? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, honestly, I I think writing is writing. Um, I think nonfiction is a little harder to write than fiction. Um, Hear that, Al? We're great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, it just, you have a lot more Yeah, I definitely do. You know. Yeah, And, and your prose has to be tight, you know, and your storytelling has to be spot on and no diversions you know you've got to keep the the reader um there you know so you know hats off to you guys for being able to do that um because i i'm just learning uh how you know i'm trying to become a better writer every day well you'll get there you just keep working at it and then each time you do it it gets gets easier yeah yeah so you know my first attempt at this proposal the proposal alone so so 30 pages of a nonfiction proposal that's supposed to go to, you know, five different publishing companies. And uh, and it was the, the hardest 30 pages I've ever had to write in my life. Oh, yeah. Well, I just end up sleeping my way to the top. That's how I get it done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
you get you just get around there and it's there's always a few people you can bang and then at the end of it you're done <laughs> and then it, you know then then it's easy after that you know um take it from me i may have missed yeah, been there done that and yeah you know i'm i'm i will sell myself in a second <laughs> that's no problem you know so matt what's your next plan where are you going now um after this and as as damon got some plans for you as he got you uh you know out there doing something or what, what's going on for you well thanks to damon uh, right now yeah i've got down by the river walk uh amazon and godless and um nothing coming out just yet but working on uh three or four really big big projects that i'm excited about wow so so um are you going to stick to this um, this type of fiction writing and kind of horror and that scary sort of stuff, or are you planning on going somewhere else? Well, the longer ones, I'm finding, I um, are steering away from from true horror. I think, honestly, um, yeah, they're scary and they're gross, but I, I'm, I wouldn't call them horror. The, the ones I'm working on. Huh. So you're kind of getting to know the characters better. Then you're putting that out. I am, yeah, and as I said, the the ones that I'm building on, um, and and they're showing up in different projects. Um, yeah, they're really being fleshed out, and uh, maybe can carry carry stories of their own. Well, we'll see what they tell. Them. Wow, that's interesting. So, what are you gonna? So, you guys still you still have to work a regular job there, Matt? Or I do. Yeah, I, street corner. What? Uh, no. <laughs> no I, like, what? I got pushed out of that by a guy with a cart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, kill him off in the next book. <laughs> That's what I do. Anyway. Well, you guys are a pleasure. And it's uh, a thrill that you came on. And, and uh, everyone, we've got a couple of books. We've got lots to do for you here. you got to got to go to Godless and uh, pick up some books. You've got Matt Scott. You've got... Um, Damon Manx, and you got uh, James G. Carlson on that one, too. So Down by the River Walk is Matt Scott's book, and uh, Hackton 2 is Mr. Manx's book. So uh, these these guys, you know, they need they need some help, especially especially Matt. You know, he's out there selling, and even the man with the cart pushed him out of there. Jesus. <laughs> That's right. He needs he needs food. He needs, he needs you know, get out there, buy a book. Um Anyway, well, guys, it's been a pleasure, and thank you for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Tired of wasting time trying to decide what to watch on your streaming service? Go to our website and look for the Martino Movie Reviews. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.com. HouseOfMystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.